as a business owner, as a friend, as a human being, what are we supposed to do with all these big feelings and emotions? Kristen Kaczynski is on episode 72 of No Boring Stories to help us figure that out. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I have always been a crier. I think the last time that I cried was just a couple days ago at an episode of Survivor. It's the family visits. They always, always get me. Look, today on the show, we are going to talk about emotions. We're going to talk about spirituality. We're going to talk about how it all intersects with business with Kristen Kaczynski. Kristen is a business and mindset and energetics coach who specializes in helping entrepreneurs expand their capacity to receive more income without adding more to their plate and to help them develop embodied worthiness. This is all to help people have more fun, play and pleasure in their life and business. If that piques your interest, my goodness, this is a conversation full of joy and energy and teaching and wisdom and Kristen shows up so fully and completely in this conversation. We talk early on about being present, and I just think that she demonstrates that as a guest on this podcast, there was nowhere else in the world except this moment for her. And she kind of teaches us how to live by that same um, style. So I'm just so grateful for this time and for this conversation. You're going to love this. If you are looking for a way to get past the nitty gritty strategy, the frustration that you're facing of feeling like there's only one way to do things and it's not working for you in your business, she's going to help you break out of that. And you're going to love this conversation. If something stands out to you, please stop the podcast, go share it on your social media right now, because that is how we spread the good news and help other people transform as well. Now let's get into this conversation with Kristen Kaczynski. Kristen, how are you today? I'm so good. I'm feeling great today. Amazing. (laughs) I can see it in your face. I can hear it in your voice. This is, uh, it's going to be good. Um, So look, we're here. I'm so interested in hearing your journey and how you get to do what you do and ultimately you know, the story isn't about how, it isn't about what, it's about why you do what you do. And we will dive into that. But first, we got to talk about some of your favorite stories that you okay. told me about earlier. <laughs> I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna lay these out in the way that you said them, because I think it's just so yeah. great. Uh, there's Harry Potter, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, you said it's your childhood favorite, but do you really mean like it's your current favorite? Or no? Or did you leave that bat in the past? It al- it always has a special place in my heart. I think I watch yeah. the films almost every year. Yeah, and did you I've grow read all up the books them? multiple times. Oh yeah, yeah. Like actually, like you aged as they aged. Like what that was. I think you know I was a I mean? little I younger. Actually, yeah, okay. I was born in '94. Um, but my sister read the books to me. How cute is that? Oh come <laughs> on, that's the freaking dream as a parent. <laughs> 
like our, our one big bonding moment of our childhood. <laughs> did she do the voices? Did she did you do aggravated? Like, oh Harry. Like was she was she getting right into it or or no? <laughs> she she was more like like um monotone reader, like just the facts. Uh-huh. But I do remember and it's still like it makes my heart tickle, right? Um, I still remember that she mispronounced because she was a kid too, right? She's only a couple of years older than me. Yeah. She mispronounced like every name in the book, right. pretty much. And then we went and saw the film, and we were like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, it's not Hermione, oh. <laughs> or Hagrid, <laughs> Hagrid, yeah, Ron. No, Ron's pretty easy. Ron's pretty uh, easy, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. I love that. This, I mean, that's what I, I've now I'm on my fourth read through for whichever one of my kids. The first time I read it through was to my wife. Like it was, and I do, I fully get into it. You know, it's my acting background where I'm like, I, I take great pride in like, which voice is which the movies are only (laughs) referenced for me to do the voice of, to make their voice sound better. So that's it. But I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So Harry Potter, and then you've got mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie's films. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, like Snatch, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Actually, like I really love the newest one. I think it's called The Gentleman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've, That's... I've been watching that on repeat pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um, what I love about his work is it's, it's like twisty turny like you kind of don't really know what's happening the whole time and there's like multiple stories happening all at once which i think yeah. kind of speaks to human life right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's always very interesting to me to see how it all comes together and like you never really know what the ending is with his films or at least i don't so let's play with that for just a second because i think yeah. that this is important for people who um see their life as boring or their story as boring and yet that's exactly it you're like yeah no these movies are so interesting now there's a pace to them that is like again unique and the way that they structure the is he structures his movies for sure but um but the the fact that you don't know what's going on really you're kind of trying to predict it as you go and yet it all seems to kind of come together in some weird and wacky way at the end yeah. And it's, I mean, there's, there's subconscious reasons for this, right? Cause like there's yeah. open loops and there's different storylines and, and so there, there's a science to it, but you know, when you kind of let go of that, cause you know, if, if we know anything about stories or how the subconscious yeah. mind works, we understand what's happening. But if you kind of like let that fade into the background, you're just like immersed in this, this whole other world. Mm. And to me, it's such a mirror for life because as much as we want to try and control and predict life and predict the ending of something, yeah, and we can definitely set our intentions and, you know, if we have a spiritual connection, connect with our higher power to guide us through that. But at the end of the day, we don't have control or as much control as we think we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. That's it. That's you nailed it. That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> I was like thinking it was like, whoa, 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 there's something found in this. And it is that that letting go and enjoying, embracing kind of just, you know, you said you and you watch these movies, you enter into another world, but I think that's it without going, being as, you know, non-abstract as possible. I think it's actually about kind of letting go of the control and being fully immersed in this world, uh, mm. in your own story and seeing that this, this day is the day, like this is yeah. what you get. This is the moment. This is the page that we're on. 
And yet we spend so much time trying to think about the future, worried about the future, fearful of the future of what the next page will be or regretful of what the last page was. Right. Mm-hmm. And I sense, and I'm already picking this up from you, um, <laughs> but I, I sense that you are, uh, you put a lot of effort into being fully present on this page in this moment. Is that true? Absolutely. And that's a learned skill. That is yeah. not something that came naturally to me, especially as I started my business. I am a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as a business owner, there is all of this pressure to focus on what's next. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, exactly. We do live in a physical world, so we do have to do a little planning, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> but at the you same know, time, and you know, we can kind of get into my story a bit as as it flows, but yeah, we will. At the same time, as business owners, if we're too focused on the planning and we miss what's right in front of us, then we can get into this endless chase of like mm-hmm. the next goal or the next event we want to speak at or the next mm-hmm. marketing platform we're going to introduce to our our business or whatever it is and we tend to miss all that we've already built mm-hmm. and all that's already here mm. i was literally just going through i'm doing this exercise for my my business coach is coaching me and saying you need to go through your entire list of all of the people that you've coached, whether free, like in a group, whatever it is, and just write them out and get that list going. Because at this moment I have, you know, folders and I have ideas of like, yeah, I think it's been this month, this many people. I am certainly not the one who keeps it all organized as much as I maybe quote unquote should. And so just going through that exercise, as you talk about this, of like celebrating where we've come from, celebrating how we've moved, what we've done. Um, it it just brings this extra level of joy to wow like am i really here did this did this happen did I, did that did all of that happen and now i'm here and now yeah i'm worried about what's next or i'm i'm wondering what's next but can we also be thankful for what happened and move forward in the story as that goes and i think that's the effort isn't it that's the work right that's the work and speaking to the presence aspect of it, when you are in the present moment and when you train yourself, because for a lot of us, it's not natural the way mm-hmm. our, our world is set up, the way we're raised, you know, because of childhood trauma and various other things, it's not natural for us to be present or it doesn't feel safe at first to be present. Yeah. But when we train ourselves to feel safer and safer in the present moment, we actually realize that that is the safest place to be evolved. Wow. Because fear as i've come to understand it lives in the past and it lives in the future mm-hmm. but unless you're quite literally in a fearful situation in this now moment let's assume you're listening to this podcast in your car or at home somewhere where you're relatively safe and you're cared for there's no immediate threat to your survival in this exact moment then we get to realize that we are always safe mm-hmm. It's just our mind that makes us think that we're not, unless of course there is an actual threat right in front of you right Right. now. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Okay. Well, let's look, you've got, you've clearly got this wisdom and this insight into all of this. And 
I would love to find out why. Where does that come from? What is this? So first, let's start with this. Like, Kristen, what do you do? I mean, we haven't even touched <laughs> on this yet. Um, but what is it right now? You know, 2022, as you are, as you show up to me now on the podcast, what do you do? And what's the impact that you're seeing from that? Yeah, so I am a spiritual business and mindset coach, mm-hmm. and I'm certified in a bunch of modalities. You can go to my website and find out about all of those. Um, but the work I do now is really helping people to realize that they are enough right now. And mm-hmm. of course, we want to grow and improve and change. And of course, we want to expand our businesses. I, I work with business owners specifically. But until we are able to recognize and witness our own innate worthiness, we're going to be in this constant chase. We're going to be in this constant fear spiral. It's just so interesting. It's exactly what you were. This is the thing, right? It's exactly this piece of presence of like, you're good enough right now is what you just said. You're helping people, helping business owners realize that you're good enough right now. Yeah. Which then allows them to do what? To build. And I actually, this was coming through for me. I don't know if you're a divine download type of person, um, but this is coming, (laughs) this is coming through for me right before we hopped on this. And it it just was so clear that I'm actually going to read it. I wrote it down in my notes here. Mm. So we're talking about this feeling enough now, right? And knowing that you're enough now. And what I've come to understand about this is we have to be able to accept what is like what's here now mm-hmm. as good enough in order to open up to making it even better. Such a fine balance, isn't it? How can this be good enough if I'm also thinking about what could be better? Then this inherently yeah. isn't good enough if there's a better is where my mind goes with that. And we can dive into yeah. we should, Let's play in this a little bit, play in the same yeah. box here. So open that up for me. So the way I, the way I experience it and it may be different for other people, but this is just my own personal experience. If I look through the lens, let's say myself as a, as a business owner, Uh if I look through the lens at myself as not being good enough, then I only find more ways to prove to myself that I'm not good enough because that is the lens I'm looking through. That is the aperture that I can see. But if I'm able to see myself from this lens of I'm already good enough, I'm already worthy, I already have everything that I need, then there's this this empowerment, this this opening that I Mm -hmm. like viscerally feel. I feel this Mm -hmm. on a physical level to what else could be possible. Mm. So you can think of it as like looking at the lens of scarcity at yourself or at your business versus looking through the lens of abundance. Yeah. And it's hard when you're the money maker, right? It's hard Mm -hmm. when you make your own money, but that's why this work is so powerful for business owners, because again, we cannot control every detail. We can do the things we can do the marketing and the sales, Yeah. but at the end of the day, there's other people buying from us and we can't like force them to buy from us. So (laughs) there has to be this trust. So I, what, what came to mind for me there is I used to be a youth pastor for I don't know, 15 years or something. And so, and, and one of the, the, I guess, theological beliefs or teachings that I really bumped up against often and could not comprehend and could not stick with and, and couldn't teach 
was the idea of original sin. And there's this, Mm -hmm. right. There's this teaching. There's this, that you come into the world broken and uh, are therefore looking for and searching for redemption or healing from that. One of the most freeing ideas for me was learning that actually like one of the most long held beliefs and teachings is not about original sin. I think it's specifically in Jewish teaching. It's this original, original goodness. Mm. It's original goodness. And then we face up against brokenness and then we, you know, that's the human condition. Now we got to figure out what we do with this as we make our choices and decisions along the way. But this idea of original goodness is just what came to mind when you said you're already there. Yeah. And I think for so many of us, we're walking around with this, like I'm first, I'm broken. How do I get out of this? But it sounds like what you're helping people understand is what if that is the lie? And the truth is you're already good. And we get to build on that. Absolutely. And if you do that, you're right. It's limitless. What else is possible? What else can I do if I'm this good? Wow. And I'm part of a creative story. I'm part of an ongoing creation. Absolutely. Let's get to it. Let's create. Well, and I think it's, if you're a business owner listening to this, just run through your, your typical thoughts each day about like what's running in your mind all day long. Is that client going to pay that invoice? Uh This invoice is late, or am I going to make the amount of money I need to pay all my vendors or whatever it is. Right. And we have all of these, these stories that just spin and spin and spin in our mind. And then when we show up from our marketing, sometimes we can come from the energy of is this live stream going to be good enough to help me meet my, my launch goal? Or am I going to be able to speak in the way that I want to speak? And again, it's coming from that energy of assuming somewhere on a deep subconscious level that you are not good enough for what you desire. So if we take that assumption away, and Mm -hmm. of course there's deeper work to this, but just play with us for a second. Mm -hmm. If we take that assumption away that there's anything to prove that you need to pay your dues or achieve something first in order to get what you want. That you need some other skill or other people are better than you. And if we just assume that you're already good enough for everything you want to happen in your business, can you like feel like the exhale Uh. that comes with that? And like the spaciousness and over time, the confidence that comes with that. And then and then it ripples out, right? So when you show up with that confidence, then you're already more interesting to people. Mm-hmm. Then you're already someone that people want to work with because they see your confidence. They see yeah. that you love what you do. They see that you know what you're talking about and there's nothing to prove. Yeah. They can feel it. And we're so afraid of that because we think that confidence, we've been taught so many ways that that confidence is arrogance. And there is a difference between confidence and arrogance. And I think, but, but what's holding back from doing what you're saying there is if I just believe that I'm good enough, then I show up and it, it breeds confidence. It shows people that I'm confident in my work, that I believe in what I do. I trust that this is going to transform people and therefore it will. But for those of us, and I'm assuming this is in your story, but we're going to dive into this, but yeah. there's this teaching that actually, if you talk about yourself that way, or if you see yourself that way, or if you show up that way then you will come across as prideful, as arrogant, and that's not how we live. So it's this false humility that we get taught that actually holds us back from being who we're supposed to be now that I have seen. And I think 
um, builds on what you're saying here and is going to be just what you're teaching here is already going to free people. Like, who am I to get these clients, right? Like, who am I to just receive clients? Yeah. Who am I to talk about stuff I love online and get paid for it? We have all of these complexes about Mm -hmm. being unworthy of what we want. And it's endless. So this idea of seeing that you're already good enough. What's one word that you would use to kind of wrap that up? Like, what is that feeling when you feel like that? Whole? Mm. The word that came to mind was love, mm-hmm. but whole also resonates. Also peace. Yeah. It's like this energy of okayness. Like there's nothing to fix. No one needs you. There's no, nothing you have to perform or be in this moment, but you just are are safe being who you are. I just love it when when it's like we use all these fancy descriptors or whatever. And then, and then you come out with this, like, I don't know, it's like, okayness. Like, it's just so, <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so simple and so basic. And that is exactly it. That's what we need just to get the point across is like, oh, yeah, I get that actually. Yeah. Like, it, like it's right okay. now, everything is okay. okay. And that could even be like an affirmation for you if you're struggling mm. to feel this. It's like, you know what? Right now, I'm okay. And everything is okay. And if you're not, then it's okay to not be okay. That too. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's a bill coming up in a month or something or whatever it is like in the future that we're afraid of, but can you come back to now and can you find a sense of okayness in the now? So if that is how you're helping people now, and that is clearly the state that you are living in, Kristen, this state of peace, love, wholeness, okayness now and helping other people experience that as well so that they are more fit and free to to show up Mm -hmm. where does that idea begin for you early on where was that in your in your childhood where did this idea Mm. of peace there should be peace i want peace i desire peace like was it there was it not there did you have to learn that what did that look like for you early on where did that begin yeah. Um, well, it's interesting that you were a youth pastor. I was raised Catholic, yeah, okay, which is a very specific faith. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it's a good way to I'm, say it. <laughs> now, now I'm more open yes. <laughs> and I'm more spiritual. Yes. I would say yes. less religious, yeah, personally. Not that there's anything wrong with religion, but that's just my personal beliefs. Uh-huh. So I would say back in childhood. My story is I was taught not to be myself. (laughs) And I think we all are to a certain extent. (laughs) I was taught not to be myself. I was taught that who I naturally am is too much or who I naturally am is not enough or who I naturally am is too loud or who I naturally am is demanding too much of the world, right? I was a very like (laughs) entitled three-year-old even. (laughs) Like I just, I just had this sense of, oh yeah, people, people should take care of me. People should give me things. Everything works out for me. And now that's like one of my favorite qualities about myself, because it does allow me to have this deeper trust and to be able to kind of like flow through life. But Mm -hmm. in the beginning I was, I was taught that everything about myself was wrong or needed to be changed. How does that like show up? 
specifically like you know what i mean like is there like you know you're dancing at a christmas party or something and somebody says not now like it, you know what i mean like what comes to yeah. mind when you think of like i was taught this mm-hmm. uh is there a moment that that shows up in your mind to demonstrate that yeah so i want to be clear i don't blame my parents but it often happens with our parents right mm-hmm. because our parents are humans too you know they have their own stuff but for me like one of the clearest memories was I am a very emotional person. I have a very sensitive heart. And this is something that has been true for me since birth. Mm -hmm. And I had two parents who didn't understand how to hold a child in big emotions. Mm. And so like, if, I don't know, something silly, like, let's say my sister like wore my socks or something and you're like three years old or something. So you're like freaking out because someone took your socks. And it's this big dramatic thing to a three-year-old. And I would cry because I was a sensitive being and I'm, I am very emotional and I'm okay with my emotionality now. Um, But back then they couldn't handle it. So they would say, stop crying. Or like, there's no reason why you shouldn't, should be crying. You know, you're going to make yourself sick. Stop crying. You know, it's not that big a deal. Develop a thicker skin. You know, you got to be stronger. You got to be this, you got to be that. Yeah. And I understand the purpose of all of all of those messages, but when you're a crying three-year-old, all you really need is love. Yeah. And then the crying stops. Yeah. I'm hearing this and I'm I'm going into my own experiences, which I think a lot of people will. And I'm yeah. also going into me as a parent. So I've got a nine, 12, and 15-year-old. And and <laughs> I've experienced all of that and specifically with some of them more than others. Um, those moments, those very you know, at times it's, it, it has a negative connotation, but it's an explosive emotion. It's something that just seems Mm -hmm. to explode. It comes, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And as parents, we're like, what just happened? (laughs) And we're going through, you know, trying to get ready for school or something. And now all of a sudden the boot doesn't fit and you're explosive. And I'm in my own state of mind, trying to do some, trying to accomplish something. And this then is a disruption to my mm-hmm. plan. And that's where, as we've figured this out, we've gone through this and we're still experiencing it. It's this recognition as a parent to go, oh, I'm frustrated or trying to mold or twist or form their emotional response because I want something right now. And that's, as, as you said, it's like, you know, I don't blame them. It's just what was going on. But I'm just, I'm realizing that. And again, for the parents listening to this, like there's just something in that and recognizing that it's not, it's so difficult because they're sure. doing their own thing. And I have my own ideas of what I want to happen right now. And somehow I have to, I try to control it. I'm trying to control the other person. That's what it is. And in that you're saying, you go through that and sure that was what was going on and you are receiving these messages of it's not appropriate it's not okay hey you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking here it is when i started out speaking i had no confidence eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent fidgeting and pacing all around the stage i wasn't getting asked to speak where i wanted to and i felt like i was wasting my time and my audience's time so you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income and you don't know where to begin. 
If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time, and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that helped me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks, and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve-wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time yeah and and every child is different every person is different and so what may be what may have taught me it's not safe to be emotional may not have taught my sister for sure. the same yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So we all have different ways we receive experiences. And for the parents out there, you're off the hook. There's no possible way you can avoid <laughs> molding your child in some way. So just kind of like, you know, let yourself off the hook a little bit and realize yeah. that they'll do their own inner work eventually. And it's it's not your fault. I keep thinking, I keep talking to my 15 year old being like, I'm excited for like, when you get on a call with a coach like me, mm -hmm. who says, tell me about your childhood, or like, let's go back <laughs> to childhood. And like, what comes up? What moments are it going to be? And I'm going, I know I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be surprised if you ever tell me or whatever. But like, what a ride. It's all it's all intertwined there, but, but let's, let's focus specifically. Okay. So you're learning that early on. There's something about big emotions. Let's shrink those down. Let's, let's bring those in, rein those in. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of like, I guess I'll use the word mantras or like affirmations in my household of like what we should be like. So like always get straight A's, like always mm. get good grades so you can get into a good college. And another one that comes to mind, um, my dad used to say, cause it's just me and my sister, right? So my dad uh -huh. is raising two girls and he used to say, boys only want one thing. And it was like this big dramatic, like thing that he would say all the freaking time in my childhood. Yeah. And so those messages, when you are still a young child and you don't have the ability to do I guess, adult type reasoning, right? Because yeah. as an adult, you can reason through that and say, oh, well, that's not ultimately true, right? Yeah. It's not ultimately true that men only want women for their bodies, right? Yeah. Men also want to hang out with women and talk to them and start a family with them and take care of them and whatever it is, right? But when you're a child, you don't have that ability to reason through something so absolute and yeah. to like understand that there, there's a deeper truth there. And so you just accept it as true, especially since it's coming from someone you trust, like a parent. Mm -hmm. So when, when you're being told these things over and over again, the way our brains work is, is you're actually programming your subconscious mind to see something as truth. And this is where all of our limiting beliefs come from. Wow. So what, what 
began to be formed? What limiting beliefs began to yeah. be formed uh, in your life? Yeah. So, well, it shows up as, as not, not trusting men for me. That's, that's, I'm married now and to an amazing man, but sure. in my childhood and my teenage years, it showed up as not trusting men or, you know, having the belief that they only wanted one thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not believing that I was worthy of an emotional connection huh. from men because yeah. The, the operating system that my brain was running on was, well, they don't need, they don't want that from me. Yeah. So I, I'm not worthy of that. So if you're thinking about this, you know, who you were kind mm -hmm. of then, and there's this, I know like you're this emotionally expressive human and over years, you're taught certain things about certain about other people, the way that other people are going to act or supposed to act and the way that you're supposed to act around other people. There's like this mm -hmm. forming and this teaching again, let's like we did with like, you know, where you are now, is there, is there a way that you could contain that you could, you could frame that in a word that you think of, of like, how did you feel in that time? Unworthy, I guess would be the hmm. word. Because the like the deeper truth of that, if, yeah. if we're following the thread down. So sure. if the truth is men don't want an emotional connection with me and I'm attracted to men, mm -hmm. then the deeper truth of that is I'm unworthy of love. And that is debilitating for a human. We cannot function with optimally, like we can get through yeah. life, but we cannot function optimally if we believe we are unworthy of love. Yeah. And I had experiences that reflected that back to me too, right? Because right. our subconscious is so powerful that we will actually make decisions that will lead us back to proving that to ourselves is true. Yeah. Yeah. You create the evidential proof, right? Yeah. We do. Yeah. And so as that shows up for you, so here you are again, right? This like beautiful right? Originally good, like human being, you, you show up in the world and you're taught that who you are is outside the box and we need you to be in the box mm -hmm. essentially. And in that you are forming this, okay, well then I guess I'm unworthy. So that unworthiness, and then you're saying like, this shows up and then, then, then I create the proof. I create the, the evidence to prove that to be so, um, Take me through a little bit then how does that show up or, or take me through the journey of, you know, yeah, then you go through high school, you get like, what's college for you? Where do you start to develop? And like, what do you, what are your passions starting? How are they starting to show up? Like, well, maybe this is what I want to do with my life. How does that all kind of play out and just, just paint that picture a little bit for me? Yeah. So I think, um, I've never really thought about this, but now that you're painting the picture for me, I think all of the absolutism and like, this is how things are of my childhood caused me to desire a career that would allow me to be whoever the hell I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I, I did have, I always had like a knowing in my, in my heart or somewhere deep in my soul that I would start my own business huh. and I didn't know what it would look like. I had lots of different ideas of what it could look like. and. 
So I always kind of knew I was not going to be in a corporate job, although I have been there as well. I had a couple mm-hmm. of years in corporate, but that was actually the catalyst for starting my business. I, you know, I was afraid, I was fearful of starting a business and the risk and, and the, the exposure that comes with that as you put yourself out there. Yeah. And so I went into corporate as like a safety mechanism, as like a way to protect myself and to find a sense of safety and to be able to make money and to be able to, you know, start my adult life. Like, did you like go to school for accounting and then economics? Okay. (laughs) So, so this is what's so fascinating to me when people are like, yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to do something. And then Mm -hmm. we commit three, two, three, four years of our lives to being educated in that thing that we think we're supposed to do. And then we get into that supposed to, and you're in it for two years. Yeah. I I was in it for, for three. So almost, um, Yeah. And it was interesting. I, I tried a bunch of different things. So I, I had an economics degree and then I, I went into media, which is kind of closer to what I do now. And I just remember being in corporate and I felt like suffocated and not mm. that being in a corporate job is bad, right? Like some people really thrive in that setting. They like yeah, the stability sure. of it. Yeah. But for me, and I think because of probably my childhood conditioning, I just kept feeling like, is this all there is? Like, I looked ahead at like the the CEO who, you know, was 30 years older than me. And he was doing essentially the same things that I was doing. Just, you know, he had a more important title and was talking to more important people. And I just kept feeling suffocated. I kept feeling like there has to be more. There has huh. to be more. Suffocated is so interesting. I know. <laughs> but that's literally how I felt. Like I would go to work and I would, I would sit there and I like, couldn't breathe sometimes. I'm a very physical person as you may have guessed. (laughs) Very aware. Now, is that, is that similar? Have you ever experienced a panic attack? Is that, is that a similar sort of sensation or? I think a panic attack is a lot more intense and I have had those before as well, but this was just like a general feeling of like going to work and feeling constricted going to work and feeling like I couldn't be myself, going to work and feeling like I had to perform, going to work and feeling like people expected things of me yeah, and I couldn't really be who I am. And of course, that's all connected back to what we talked about. Come on, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) It's too good. Exactly. This is it. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. this beautiful movement. What I'm hearing here and what I see consistent in a lot of people's stories, honestly, is something happens and something's formed and then we're kind of testing it all through teenage years, et cetera. And and then we get into this, yeah, early mid twenties and we lean into that personality and we say, well, I think that this is who I am. Therefore I will perform and be this Mm -hmm. and like give it everything that I have because my goodness, the thing that I crave in this world is some sort of certainty, some sort of predictability. You look to your parents, you're like, that's what they had mostly maybe a little bit, or at least their grandparents. And so maybe I can create that. And this is a time when I'm supposed to grow up and do that. Mm-hmm. But what you're actually doing is you're really like doubling down, like stepping into this almost false identity, this thing that Absolutely. you have accepted. Yeah. That and that's true. why it feels so wrong for so many people. That's why so many people feel like they're not where they want to be in life because yeah. we just accepted this false identity and we never looked closer. 
beneath the surface to find out who we really are and what we're really put on this earth to do. So for you, you were there, you were in that constricted environment for two, three years. Some people are in that for 20 or 30 years. What shifted? What helped you change? This is kind of cliche. Okay, great. But but I, I turned 25 and I just looked at my life. I looked at what my my corporate life had been for the past three years. And I, I looked ahead to the future and I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to have kids around 30-ish, you know, a little after 30. That was our plan, me and my boyfriend, now husband. Mm-hmm. I'm 25 now. I got five years before we, you know, seriously settle down and think about raising other humans. Now is the now is the time, right? If I'm going to take a risk, now is the time. And so it was really just, I think, just a, a come to Jesus moment of some sort where I realized, okay, if I continue on this path, this is what my life continues to be. If I want to take a risk, I'm choosing to see this time as the optimal time for me to do it. But you can do it at, mm. in later in life. Like there's no sure. rule that says you can't take a risk at 40 or whatever, or of 60 course. or 80. Yeah. So but for me, it was turning 25 and, and realizing, okay, we live pretty cheaply now. My responsibilities are pretty minimal. If there's ever a t- ever a time to take a risk and start a business, that time is now. Now is the time. So <laughs> there's still this, did somebody help you see that? You know, like I get... I, I'm just such a firm believer that like, you know, the, and then yeah. I realized is either great. I was, yeah, I was in a, you know, a sweat shack and had my own sort of like uh, enlightening moment that could be a, yeah, I was by myself, but most often it's, you saw somebody or somebody said something, mm-hmm. somebody has tipped you off that kind of, yeah, just nudged you on that path. 1% that now is a lot. Yeah. More. Yeah. So, um, that person for me, her name is Vanessa Lau. And she, I think she's now like a multi seven figure entrepreneur. I'm not quite at that level, but we're working toward it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, she was around my age. I think she was 24 at the time that I turned 25 and she had made six figures in her business. And she had like just started her business like a year prior in the same industry that I'm in. And so I looked at her and I looked at myself and I was like, hey, you know, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> like, I, I can figure stuff out. I can, I can do this. I, I see an example of someone doing what I want to do. And I'm willing to take a bet on myself to see if I can do it too. Hmm. And that's just the business piece. That's where you're like, great, I'll go launch a business. Did you have an idea of what you were going to do at that point? Was it clear? <laughs> It's been an evolution. Obviously, uh, I do something course. completely different now. <laughs> how far away are we from that? I mean, how many not years far. down? Like, uh, I started my business two and a half years ago. So not okay. far at all. <laughs> okay. Um, and so so you start and two and a half years ago, you have this, like you quit your job. You quit, that was 25. Yeah. And it's actually, yeah, I was 25. And it's actually interesting because now I'm a spiritual mindset coach, right? Yeah. For, for business owners at that time, I was not spiritual at all. Right. But as I reflect back, knowing what I know now and experiencing what I've experienced now, the day, the actually the exact moment that I decided within myself, I'm quitting my job. I am going after this business. The exact moment, 
my now husband found out that we had subsidized housing available to us in Long Island, New York mm. for our next move. And it, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like $600 or something per month. Right. So like everything like divine timing, everything lined up for me right. when I was willing to take that risk. Mm. And back then I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. But now I'm like, oh no, I'm, I was meant <laughs> to be here. <laughs> so, okay. And then just, so then just clarify for me a little bit. How do you go in two and a half years from someone who's like, I'm not spiritual at all to yeah. I'm a spiritual coach. Like this is how I lead people. Well, and that's the real story, isn't it? So the business, I started out much the same way I, I operated my whole life. I was trying to be a person. I was trying to be a role. I was trying to be a business owner. I wasn't allowing myself to be myself. And it's because I didn't feel safe to be myself. Yeah. So I, you know, hired business coaches, mentors, and learned all the marketing and sales strategies. And I did have some initial success, 100%. But I just found myself in this constant roller coaster ride. Like I would make some money, sign some clients, feel really good. And then it would only last for like a day or two. And then I felt like I was back at the bottom starting over and I would have to like build myself back up to be able to sign another client, make the money, all the things that we have to do as business owners. And I originally thought the, the answer was, okay, learn more marketing strategies, but it's, it's tying it all back together. It, it was still looking at it through the lens of I'm not good enough for this business anyway. Yeah. And I was using the strategy to like prove to myself and to the world, like, look, I'm good enough. Yep. Look, I know how to market myself. I'm good enough now. Can you guys see how good enough I am? And then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Then as I think the whole world did, I dropped into like a deep fight or flight freeze trauma response Yeah, yeah. for a couple months. And then I finally woke up and realized this isn't working. I cannot keep burning myself out. I cannot keep trying to prove something. I cannot keep using strategy to prove to myself that I'm good enough. I need to actually be able to feel that within myself. Mm. It is interesting, right? Because you could be like, look, yeah, we could spend the whole podcast going this, looking at the, just this two years and like how you've yeah. grown and evolved through that. And for me, I actually see this as like, yeah, okay. And then, and then this happened, then this happened, then you just leaned into spirituality, you totally opened yourself up to it and look at you now. And, and you found all the results, you're seeing the results, you're helping other people, they're seeing results. And so, of course, now you're here as a spiritual business coach. Yeah. Of course. So like- <laughs> Not, I, I don't mean to minimize, it's not about minimizing or poo-pooing what has right. happened. For me, as I see the story, and you keep saying it, it's, it's brilliant. You're like, to tie it all back, it all ties in together. Of course mm-hmm. it does. Because the way you're showing up now as this, what words did we use? Peace, love. Okayness. Okayness. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like there's this feeling of, okay. But that has grown, that has shown, Mm -hmm. that has, and it's not something new for you. That is, again, let's go back to early on. That is who you were. That was then facing this barrier of, can I be that in the world? Mm -hmm. And as you were taught, you can't, your okay is not okay. 
So then what do you do? Now you're constricted. Now you're boxed in. Now you're contained. There's systems. There's a way to go about it. And as you went into that, and it's admirable how you maybe, you know, leaned into that and said, fine, okay, well, I'll try that. I'll just be what I'm supposed to be then for Mm -hmm. 25 years until there's this moment of, I can't breathe. Uh, I'm recognizing that this is not how it's supposed to be. This is not okay. And there's this news that we have subsidized housing and there's evidence that somebody else my age is doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will be okay if yeah. I leap, if I step. Like there is it's this like coming back to, to use your word, it's coming back to this okayness. And as you do that, now your business is thriving, absolutely skyrocketing because you're showing up in your most full sense and teaching others to do the same. Yeah, it is like a, it's it's the thread of my life. It's the theme of my life. And obviously now that's why I do what I do because yeah. it just kept showing up. And I have the feeling, I have this belief about our, our life purpose that it will keep showing up until you accept it as your calling. And Mm. in some ways it may show up as like a negative experience or something that maybe feels, feels bad in the moment, but it's actually trying to guide you back to what you were put on this earth to do over and over and over again. And until you fully claim it, it's just going to keep showing up. Yeah. Well, I am fascinated to even know, you know, and a lot of people are like, wow, it sounds so cool how do you do that? And I think that's, that's the natural. So there we've leaned so much into the why here and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And your story is the, the, again, the transformation I see is it's something around, you know, from uh, constricted or contained mm-hmm. um, to open and peace uh, mm-hmm. ultimately. Okay. And uh, okay. It's, it's so interesting. Cause it almost like, it feels like a, okay. Like that's a minimal place to be. And yet we're talking about it as this like actual, like beautiful expression of this feeling. Yeah. It's like, it's an acceptance of what is right. It's like, everything's okay. I accept wow. myself in this moment. I accept what's here. I'm not going to fight against what is. Yeah. It's all okay. And I'm going to choose what I do now right? Like I'm going to choose my intentions and how I go about my business and go about the world. And I'm going to, you know, follow my heart in that. And at the same time, it's so much is out, so much of it is out of my control. Yeah. And so if I can accept that it is out of my control and I have to rely on something much bigger than me and I am spiritual. So if I can accept that there's something much bigger than me weaving the fabric of my life, then it all is okay because <laughs> I believe that presence loves me. <laughs> it's so, your joy is just so palpable. I love it. And so, and it comes from this. It's it's so clear. Yeah. This is what I love, right? We take 40 minutes here and explain your story and now who you are, how you showed up at the beginning makes so much more sense to all of us listening. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, that's, of course, of course, that's who she is. Because this is the journey she's been on. And 
And so I'm so thankful for you, for your time here and for sharing your not boring perspective, your not boring teaching and this not boring story of going from, yeah, contained to open. And if anybody listening is feeling like they're in this place of, no, I just have to keep driving forward. I just have to do what's expected of me. I, I need more strategy. I, I, I feel like there's a way to do it and I will, I have to succeed at that all those things that you were saying, but they desperately want to feel what you're feeling right now, what you're talking about this. It is okay because I am loved. If they are expecting or desiring that kind of a transformation, then we got to know how do they find you and how do they start a conversation about that? Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me by the way, oh. before I go on. Um, yeah. So the, there's the free stuff all over the internet. Um, I have a podcast yeah, and it's funny you say going from constricted to open. My podcast is called soul expansion podcast. Yes. So that expanding into who you really are Brilliant. is again, the whole fabric of my life and the whole fabric of my business now. Um, so soul expansion podcast. I also have a, a bunch of online digital products and memberships that can be found at my website. And I also do private coaching and have a mastermind where you get a lot of private access to me. So for especially like, you know, multiple six figure plus business owners who, you know, they've accomplished the things and then they're still feeling like they're in that fear state in their business. Yeah. I, I go deeper with, with people in my private coaching and, you know, we get you to a place of feeling good in the now, because yeah. I don't know about you, but I did not start my business to feel like a prisoner to my business. I started yeah. my business for freedom uh -huh. and yeah. that's actually found within ourselves. So that's what I do. And my website it. is, uh, kristenkasinski.com by the way. Oh man. You just feeling good in the now. That's where we started. That's where we are. That's what you're living. And I am so grateful for who you are, how you showed up here today, how you show up every day and uh, the impact that you're making in this world. Thank you for helping people expand and feel and know that they are good in the now. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.